New Thinking Allowed, conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with parapsychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today is a special video, not part of our normal schedule, because I am here to introduce the fabulous Caroline Corey, who is a filmmaker and producer and director and writer of the new documentary, Superhuman, The Invisible Made Visible, which gets my vote for one of the best documentaries ever. Her other films include E.T. Contact, They Are Here, I Am the Universe, I Am Love, Among Us. She is also author of several books, including Holy Crocodiles, Stories of Saints and the Animals Who Helped Them, Connecting to Source, The Visible and the Invisible Worlds of God. God Inside Us, The Mind of Divine Masters and the Divine Plan Now and Beyond 2250. In addition, she is the developer of the Omnium Method and offers classes on healing and accelerated learning. This is an internet interview and I'll be switching over now to the Skype video. Welcome, Carolyn. I'm very excited to be with you today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. The interesting thing to me is that not only are you an author and a filmmaker and an educator uh, and probably several other things, but you have experienced psychic functioning since, I guess, your early childhood. Yes, actually, that's how everything started for me. When I was five years old, I had an experience where all of a sudden I saw light beings and I started to communicate with them. It was totally spontaneous. Um, and I realized that I could see the subtle energy. Uh, so I would look at someone and all of a sudden see not the aura, it's more uh, the information about them. So for example, they'd say they're struggling with something and then I would look at them and see the information behind it, like the root cause. And so, so at a very young age, I realized I was doing that. So that got me to ask questions. How is it possible? And more importantly, how does it work? And so because of that, I started to get into the field of consciousness, um, the mechanics of consciousness. How do we interact, the invisible worlds, this whole thing. Now, to be clear, you're seeing beings of light, but I guess you're also seeing energy patterns around other humans. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the subtle energy um, everywhere around humans, about humans, um, about the space between humans. It's, it's that whole kind of invisible world where the physical world ends and consciousness begins. That's how I call it anyway. And so these patterns are um, the information about the physical world. So I learned to tap into those patterns and understand, kind of decipher what they mean. 
Now, I've done a number of interviews of people who talk about, you know, the energetic fields, the spiritual anatomy, and, and so on. Uh, but the, you've done a couple of, uh, videos about, uh, ETs and energy beings. And, and I guess what you're saying is, is that the, you could call it the spiritual body that a human has, the spiritual anatomy of a human. ETs will have a spiritual anatomy. They may not have the same physical anatomy. Uh, I presume that's sort of where you went with that. Yeah, absolutely. So once you start to see subtle energy, you see all kinds of things. It's not just the energy field of a person, but you see angelic beings, you see disembodied um, entities, you see everything. And once you see, you cannot unsee, you know, so it's like kind of, you keep seeing more and more and more. The trick is to, first of all, make sure you're not projecting, because uh, that's what happens. Well, every time, uh, or at least when it starts happening, and I'm sure I'm not the only one or the first one, but when it starts to happen to you, the first question is, wait, did I make this up? Is this real? Am I crazy? And uh, when I went to college, I studied psychology, like you. <laughs> and so you start to think, wait, do I have some sort of imbalance? Is my brain kind of uh, have any sort of malfunction going on here? And so you start questioning yourself. But of course, you get validation, validation after validation, uh, for example, I, you, you see things about a person you didn't know, turns out to be true. That's how you get validation. And then before you know it, you know this is real. Now, in your new documentary, uh, Superhuman, uh, I think our, our viewers will be very excited because they're always asking me about demonstrations. And Thinking Aloud is mostly not a program about demonstrating. It's about understanding these phenomena. But I, to give uh, our viewers a little preview of, of what's in store for them, you actually demonstrate on camera in in your documentary, what I would call a distant psychokinesis, uh, you it, perform a psychokinesis experiment over a distance of more than a thousand miles. So uh, that's pretty impressive. That that shows you know real concrete feedback in in a way that. Uh, really um, answers all the criticisms of people who might say you're some sort of a new age uh, looney tune. Yeah, exactly. And that's precisely why I made this film, uh, because there's a lot of theories, there's a lot of talk, there's a lot of understanding that consciousness or the mind uh, affects our reality, creates our reality. So yes, we know that now, but how is what I wanted to demonstrate in the film. And so I wanted to actually show real ex experiments, you know, scientifically how this could be possible. So in the film, I really, really wanted to bring that element, this kind of not just talk, but really this is how it works. And we had the scientists, of course, validate the process and uh, and different kind different people demonstrating you know telekinesis psychokinesis um, close you know at a close distance or long distance I did it yeah a thousand miles away so I think this is what this film is about.
I think it's just worth mentioning uh, for, for viewers that that kind of a long distance psychokinesis experiment, uh, uh, it's been done before. You, you did a beautiful demonstration. And I know it takes a certain amount of confidence to even begin to think you can do something like that. I know. <laughs> You also brought people into the documentary who had no experience whatsoever in, in these things, and they were able to, uh, on camera, demonstrate remote viewing and psychokinetic abilities as well. Exactly. And that's another very important point of the film, is to show that anybody can do this. And so I have been training myself, like I said, for 15 years working in this field, practicing, doing all kinds of experiments, then also working with scientists. The way this came about is uh, I was in Los Angeles and I was working with a lab in um, San Francisco area and we decided to just try it out. And we had no idea what to expect. And so I focused on uh, their electronic device, electrical device, thermal device. They had a whole set of different devices and just by focusing my intent, we were able to measure a very, very significant change exactly at the time where I focused. Of course, we had created a baseline for several hours before and after. So we knew, we knew that when this happened, it was exactly because or when I focused my intent. So I did that once and twice and three times. And before we know it, you know, we realize, wait a minute, this is real. This is actually working. The time correlation was astounding. And so, of course, once you do that, then you don't want to be the only one. To validate it, we had to invite other people, which also were able to do it. But in the film, I wanted to show that anybody can do this. This is not just a special gift that only certain people have. And so because of this, we invited people, uh, we just gave them like a quick kind of an hour uh, training and they were like phenomenal. We were all blown away. That's a lot of fun to see. It's quite interesting to me how uh, these things uh, work so well on camera. Uh, it almost feels as if it works better on camera than when you're not being uh, filmed. Yeah, and actually it's worse on camera because, you first of all, you have the stress of having to perform, making sure you capture it uh, when we're filming. And then you have a crew standing around. You have lighting, you have sound, you have equipment, you have all kinds of electromagnetic in the space. It's very, very difficult to focus and get it right. And so the fact that we did over and over, to me, proves that this is very, very possible. You know, an environment where you have a whole film crew and lights and and so on can be stressful on the one hand. On the other hand, uh, when I look at the history of parapsychology research, it strikes me that when uh, you have a group of people giving positive attention and energy, that that is a, a contributing factor that makes things work better. Yeah, that's true. However, um, most of the crew members, I have to say, we're familiar with the work and they and before we started filming i would be okay guys now we want to focus on a positive energy i don't want you to project <laughs> you know your skepticism this is very very important so most of the crew members 
were kind of getting used to it, so they knew. But sometimes, as you know, going from location to location, sometimes we have production assistants and extra folks who are just there for the day, and they have no clue what's going on. And they're looking at us like, what are these people doing? And so I could sense their skepticism. So actually, sometimes I would ask them to leave the room. I would say, you know, you guys, exactly at that time, I want you to be checking your emails and messages and text messages and just focus on something else just during that time. Of course, they didn't get it, but it was a lot of that's how we were able to kind of keep the intent uh, focused. <laughs> Amongst your many other talents, you're a, um, a manager and an organizer. Of, of these things. You've actually built a, a company around uh, all the work that you do. So let me ask you this question, because I know the film demonstrates a lot of phenomenon, and as a parapsychologist, I'm very excited about that. You also provide some scientific uh, explanations of what's going on, and I think that's very important. But I actually think you go deeper than that even. You're really helping people to uh, address the question of what does this mean for me? How is this going to benefit me in my life? Why, you know, how does this become more than just a, a curiosity? At the end of the day, you know, if we are proving or showing or demonstrating that consciousness has an effect on your physical world, uh, the idea is how do I apply this to my daily struggles or my daily life? And so that's why I also picked experiments that were somewhat relevant. So, for example, um, if you recall in the film, I have an experiment with the water pH. So we hear a lot about the water when it's alkaline, when your body's alkaline, then it's hard for a virus or a bacteria to thrive. And so in order to stay healthy, you want to keep, uh, you know, your alkaline body as much as possible in balance. And so that's the reason why in the film, I demonstrate how it's possible for your mind, your consciousness to change the pH in water just by focusing on it. And so, so, and of course we succeeded and we did that over and over. And so now for the person just watching the film, the implication is that, wait, if you're able to do it on a glass of water, this means you can do it on your body. So I thought that was, this was very important. So people see the relevance and how they can apply it in their life. And you also teach classes on healing, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. So because uh, I started at a very young age, like I said, I would tap into the subtle energy. I would sense what, you know, what the person was struggling with. Uh, so at a very young age, it came spontaneously. You know, it was very kind of out of nowhere, I thought. But then eventually it developed into a methodology. And I started teaching others how to uh, heal, um, how to kind of reprogram the DNA, you know, change the chemistry of your body through intention, all kinds of things like that. And so I did that for about 15 years. Um, uh, it was mostly, like I said, focused on healing, but also expanding the consciousness, how you can expand your awareness and tune into these other realities, uh, your, your universal consciousness, I call it, 
to bring through a lot more meaningful information, like the bigger picture. Why am I here? What is the purpose of my incarnation? So that has been the main um, kind of subject of my work. But more recently, especially with this uh, documentary, now we're teaching, you know, telekinesis, we're teaching remote viewing, we're teaching seeing with the blindfolds, as you saw in the film. So all of these new classes are part of the curriculum. It's so much fun. In addition to healing, I believe you're teaching courses in, I guess I would call it accelerated learning, how the brain can process information uh, much faster than I suppose the logical mind can even accommodate. When these experiences started happening to me spontaneously, when I would retrieve information without prior knowledge or know, you know what, was the, what the person was going to say, what was going to happen, I started to focus on the brain and I asked the question, okay, what did my brain do to retrieve this information? And I realized that the brain kind of shifts from a linear 10%, what I call 10% functioning to a full brain functioning. It's, it's kind of like all the senses come together and you, it's like you, you merge with the information and you become the information and it becomes an experience. So it's like your full brain is capable of retrieving information, know what it's about without any analytical thinking. And so if you know how to do this, shift from linear 10% capacity to a full brain capacity, then you can do not just healing, but you can also basically download or absorb or merge with any information, even a new language, for example, or uh, something, any sort of, mm, you know, astronomical event that is, that is happening. You can tap into any information that you've never learned before. Does that make sense? <laughs> The way it makes sense to me is is that you're really addressing a point that I think all the great mystics of every tradition make, which is that we are one with everything. We are one with everything. And the idea, we're in human form, but we are taught to only focus on the human form, on everything that's physical, and we ignore everything else. Or we think that we have to do something different to kind of retrieve information from these other worlds, whatever is beyond the physical. But I think we're here to do both. We're here to function with the human brain, just like you and I are doing right now. I have to find the English words to explain what I'm thinking. But at the same time, at the same time, my full brain is still tapped into my universal self, my universal aspect, and bringing that inspiration to me that information to me. So it's really both and learning how to manage both, navigate both at the same time. Well, you seem to be doing a very good job of it, <laughs> functioning a, a, as a healer, as a teacher, uh, and also as a filmmaker and uh, at a very professional level. I have to say, uh, I think your documentary is one of the best I have ever seen uh, dealing with uh, this whole realm of higher consciousness and especially the parapsychological aspects of it and how you integrate those into um, 
an understanding of normal psychology. You bring in people who are, many of your friends are actors, and uh, they're looking at how can they use these talents to uh, enhance their abilities as performers. First of all, thank you so much for saying this. Coming from you, it's it's really very, very uh, flattering. I so appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, I think, again, I didn't want to just make another film of, you know, rehashing kind of what we, I think we already know by now, we've had so many very prominent scientists and researchers um, tell us and prove to us, and I don't know about the word, validate that, you know, we are more than our physical bodies. But because of this, I felt like I needed to go the extra mile. I wanted to make a film, first of all, that had high production value, that was very well made uh, from a production point of view. I wanted to, again, demonstrate instead of say, you know, this is how it works. I wanted to show <laughs> this is how it works. And uh, because of this, I invited a lot of friends um, who are, again, entertainment-related uh, actors or singers or performers because they felt they could benefit from it. Um, in addition to the very prominent scientists, I think, uh, who were able to also validate what we were doing. So I feel like this film is kind of taking it to the next level, uh, if I can say that, um, in terms of this field of parapsychology. Well, I have to agree. And, and, you know, when I first heard about it, I was a little skeptical. I thought, oh, yeah, another Hollywood uh, type of production. And uh, But I have to say, you brought on uh, to your film a couple of my favorite Star Trek actors uh, and uh, and some other very well-known uh, personalities from Hollywood uh, and uh, several scientists who have been on this program as, as well, people I know quite well. Uh, so, you know, you've sort of checked all the boxes off, which uh, really impressed me. Thank you so much for saying that. I so appreciate it. That's exactly what I was trying to do. I, I wanted to take it to the next level. And also, I wanted to make it as whole or as complete as possible and not just talk about one way uh, that parapsychology is real or can be validated. That's the reason why we did a series of experiments to demonstrate um, how, for example, our voice has a frequency or our emotions have a frequency or your consciousness has a frequency and can affect the physical world, um, you know, all the way culminating into uh, real life people from all over the world who can do things that seem incredible, such as, as you know, in the film, uh, read or do all kinds of things that are blindfolded. I think in addition to your talent as a filmmaker, as I look at your books and, and your background, I can see that you're in addition to being a healer, you've written books about God. And when you talked about these energy beings that you encountered as a five-year-old child, I'm under the impression that you were really encountering some form of spiritual guidance or teachers uh, at an early level who have led you like this, that you are really on purpose. You are following your destiny, your your mission in life. And, and that didn't occur by accident. It seems to me you were guided uh, at a young age. 
In the beginning, I never wanted to share my personal background. It was more about the work. It was about consciousness. It was about uh, understanding how the mechanism of consciousness, you know, this is what it was about for me. But I realized that it was important to share some of my personal story because I think people started to relate to it better. And, um, and I don't mind sharing that the experience that I had when I was five years old revealed to me not just that I could uh, perceive the subtle energy, that I had these skills, so to speak. Although at the time, I thought every five-year-old is doing the same thing. I didn't think anything special. But um, what it told me is that I was connected to this lineage, if you will. I saw that I was part of these beings. It's almost like I was on this side of the veil in physical form, and they continued to be on the other side of the veil as part of the same stream of consciousness. Now, this was very, very important because I realized that I was not detached. I wasn't kind of, there was no, the umbilical cord, so to speak, was not severed with the spiritual world. And this connection continues on, um, even though we have no idea as we grow up, we think we're separate. But um, because of this, uh, I realized that everybody continues to stay connected to their unique lineage. And so at that time, I realized that my lineage came from a certain part of the universe, and I was here for a very specific purpose. And I think the reason why at a very young age, I started seeing the subtle energy and understanding certain things and, you know, continue in that field of consciousness and spirituality uh, is because that was part of my mission, like you just said. Um, it was so clear in my mind, oh my God, this is the stream of consciousness. I took on this body to continue expressing that stream of consciousness. And so to me, that was so valuable and so kind of clarifying uh, that, hey, you came here to do this. So it's okay. Talk about it. Uh, even though you're going to face a lot of skepticism or whatever, uh, this is important. And that kept me on track to believe that um, I am here to continue uh, this lineage to share as much information as I can. And so I, that's why I, I understood how telepathy worked at, the, at a very young age, how it's possible to kind of, again, expand your visual spectrum so you can see other things, hear other things. Uh, it was all part of my path, you know, since the beginning. It was just so important. Well, I feel very honored to have you on uh, New Thinking Aloud uh, because of that. I, I know I feel that the work I'm doing is also uh, part of my destiny, but I didn't really become aware of it until I was probably in my 20s. It, it didn't happen to me as early a, as it did for you. But in a way, looking at your life from the outside, it almost looks like a perfect life. Uh, let me ask you this. What is the biggest challenge you've had to face? You know, we think that it's easy. Once you can see more, you think it gets easier. It does get easier. It gets easier in the sense that 
everything that happens in the physical, um, your physical life, you put it in a larger perspective. And that gives you a sense of peace. It gives you a sense of direction, it, you know, instead of going like, what's going on? Why, why am I struggling with this? And why am I stuck here? And why am I having all these problems? You know how to kind of take a bird's eye view and kind of see why this is happening very clearly so you can shift and you can move on. So that is the very positive. But on the other side, <laughs> you know, you are so sensitive. I'm just so sensitive. So I can kind of feel everything that's happening with everybody, especially the collective. I feel like my consciousness is always the size of the planet. And so I feel like whatever's happening on the other side of the planet, I feel it. I feel it even before it happens. And so my, my body <laughs> and my consciousness is constantly having to adjust and kind of discern. And so that's, that's kind of a daily, I don't know if it's a challenge. It's kind of something that I have to do that a, another average person may, may not have to deal with. Um, extremely sensitive to electromagnetic fields and things like that. Um, and also, a lot of people, I remember when I was training others, and you know, after 15 years working with hundreds of people from around the world, I remember most uh, students would say, I want to see the way you see. And so I would train them. But as I'm training them to expand their visual spectrum, I could see the resistance, the fear. And I was thinking, so their conscious mind wants to see, wants to expand, but their subconscious mind has all these fears. And I realized because once you see, you cannot unsee, and therefore you have to see everything, the good, bad, and everything in between. And I realized that I was seeing beautiful spirit beings and beautiful, amazing energies in the universe and all that was fantastic, but I was also seeing pretty horrific stuff and so and you can't if, and if you're filtering if you're saying oh I only want to see the good stuff well you're not really seeing the truth and I wanted to know the truth I even the, as difficult as it was and so that's another thing that comes with the territory you know uh, when you want to perceive the truth behind someone's struggle or anything that's happening in the world you know, you see some pretty difficult things, you know, from sometimes from this time timeline or this time space, but sometimes from before. And it's very disturbing. I mean, I see some, a lot of manipulation. Um, I mean, a lot of very, very hard things to see and to experience. So that's the difficult part. Since you're smiling uh, quite a bit and and healing, I, I'm under the impression that you've come to terms with these difficult things. I would rather be who I am at the end of the day, because very often I think, uh, or at least every now and then, I think, why did I choose this path? Why couldn't have been, you know, a little bit more unconscious? <laughs> you know, like I could be inspired, you know, to go out and talk and. I don't have to actually see every little detail of what's going on and feel it, experience it in my body and, and all of that, or know, you know, that this is what's coming and the future. And especially when it's not very good. 
and I have to talk about it. So I questioned this many times. And then at the end of the day, I, I realized that I chose this obviously because I can, I can take it. I can handle it. And so I, if I came in with this mission, so to speak, then, you know, I'm going to just do it, you know? And so it helps me kind of puts me back on track and embrace it and go for it and be who I am. I'm under the impression that one of the main obstacles for people to open up psychically is uh, a, a desire not to have to feel the pain of other people. Exactly. And that's what I meant earlier uh, when people had, had those fears about really expanding their awareness uh, unconsciously, subconsciously, they knew that once you're on this path, you can't back up. Once you ask to know the truth, you can't pretend that it didn't happen. And so that's the reason why uh, you know that you're going to experience amazing things, but also not so good things. And so I think that's what holds people back. Exactly. In a way, it sort of breaks your heart. And on the other hand, it opens up compassion. Yeah, it does. Uh, but it's, it's really difficult. I mean, when you see really horrific crimes i'm not talking about just like a serial killer type thing i'm talking about on a global level uh, i mean it's criminal acts and abuse and manipulation and uh, of co the consciousness of an entire species and this is the kind of stuff that i'm talking about it's it's yeah it's very very difficult uh, i don't know about feeling compassionate uh, and accepting it i feel like I have to just, again, take a bigger bird's eye view and accept the fact that, yeah, that every intelligent being, intelligent life has free will. And if that is what they chose, um, I can't make them change that choice. All I can do is just believe in what I believe in and do and show what I believe in and whoever resonates with it will come along. Your film emphasizes psychokinesis, and uh, which is a big interest of mine. I wrote a book called The PK Man about a fellow with extraordinary talents that came out 20 years ago. But long ago, I sort of discouraged people from trying to cultivate psychokinesis, except for healing, because it struck me that, you know, as a species, the human race, we're not ready for this. Chances are, if we develop these abilities, given the way things are going, we could easily abuse them. Uh, but when I look at your film, I, I see, you know, the positive potential for it uh, as, as well. I, I guess you've made a different choice about uh, opening people up, or maybe the culture is, is different these days that we've progressed. Yeah, I agree with you, Jeffrey. I feel like um, you're right. I think this species is immature <laughs> and is not quite ready. However, I feel like uh, the last few years, I think there's a new kind of timeline, I want to call it, a new trajectory, and a lot of people are ready. And so I feel like my film is focusing on that new timeline, those new um, kind of consciousness, those folks who are ready, and I wanted to empower them uh, because 
um, like I said, for me, it's been the story of my life. You know, this stuff works. You know, I, I work with somebody, we, we shift it energetically. We do something the next day, the blood test is different. The x-ray is different. Do this over and over and over, over a period of time. Now you have hundreds of people learning the same methodology. It works again. So validation after validation. And again, we're not the only ones. Many people around the world are doing this. When are we going to finally be empowered and say, stop doubting? You know, this is real. You do have these powers. We do have the ability to self-heal, self-maintain, self-repair. Let's do it. And let's stop worrying about what others have to say or tell us uh, that we're wrong or it doesn't matter. And so I feel like uh, because of what's happening on the planet, especially now, you know, this grand divide, you know, some people are on this side, the other people are on, it feels like so chaotic. Everybody's into their own survival mode. This is the perfect time, actually, to take back that power and decide that while all of this is happening, let me be empowered. Let me focus on what I know is real and truthful and go for it and express it and work with it and share it with others. That's why I think this film is very timely. Well, Carolyn, Corey, it's been a real honor and a pleasure to meet you and to talk to you about the fabulous work that you're doing. I can't encourage our viewers enough to check out your video, Superhuman. It will become available on uh, midnight on the uh, 14th of July. Uh, uh, sign up right away and uh, uh, one of your uh, featured guests, Sean McNamara, is, is going to be doing a live stream on uh, New Thinking Aloud on the 16th of July. So uh, uh, your viewers will have a chance to uh, uh, see Sean in action training psychokinesis. Uh, when he's with us on the 16th, we're going to do an online spoon bending party. So we're encouraging our viewers to bring forks and spoons. We'll see if uh, they start bending while they're watching him on YouTube. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. Sean was great in the film. Uh, so I'm very happy you guys are having him. Carolyn, thank you so much for being with me. Thanks so much for having me. That was so much fun. And for those of you watching, thank you for being with us.